This is episode 79. Hey, it's Davis here. Just a quick thank you to our sponsors for this podcast. Today in business, first impressions are so important. When people call you or your business, the first voice that they hear can make them form an opinion of you immediately. Instant voicemails can help with that. They provide professional, outgoing voicemail greetings in an instant. So simply go to instantvoicemails.com, pick the message that suits you and your business, and download it instantly. You can have a new professional, outgoing message in just minutes. I checked out their website, and this is legit. Beautiful voicemails that you can use for your business. And for our listeners for the Business Journals podcast, you can get an additional 15% off your order by using the promo code GENERALS, G-E-N-E-R-A-L-S, G-E-N-E-R-A-L-S, that's GENERALS. So order now at instantvoicemails.com, that's instantvoicemails.com. Welcome and thank you for joining me here once again on the Business Generals Podcast where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Really excited for you to join us once again. And uh, if you haven't already done so, remember to click subscribe on your podcast player so that you do not miss an episode. It's Davis Mutawa here, your host. Very, very excited to bring you our feature guest today, Mr. Daniel Walter Scott. Daniel, welcome to the Business Generals Podcast. Hey, Davis. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel has been teaching for over 14 years. He is a certified Adobe expert instructor, and he is the founder of Bring Your Own Laptop, an Adobe certified training center in New Zealand, Australia, and online. He has over 16,000 students on the Udemy platform with over 1,000 reviews and over 16 courses, and he is um, on other online platforms and we want to talk about his journey as a business owner, his journey as an instructor, and how you can learn something and apply it into your career, into your transitioning out of your work and into becoming your own entrepreneur, if that is your path. Daniel, welcome once again to the show. Kick us Thanks, off buddy. and um, tell us a little bit about what you do outside of business. Who are you outside of business? Who am I? Uh, I'm 37. I am originally from New Zealand. Uh, studied graphic design there in university and kind of skipping till now, I am living in Ireland for the last two years. I moved here with my Irish wife and yeah, I got two lovely kids. One of them is only three weeks old. So uh, mm -hmm. things are exciting at home at the moment. But um, yeah, that's me. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, I was... Uh, <laughs> Just saying before we started the recording that a lot of I'm based obviously in Melbourne, Australia, and a lot of people are coming from Ireland to to Melbourne, and so you're saying you've gone the other way, right? Gone the other way, yeah. My beautiful <laughs> Irish wife convinced me about the sunshine and the palm trees. I've been totally had though. <laughs> very good, very good. So, how long, um, Daniel, have you been full time in business for yourself? I guess I'd been always doing things on the side, like a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, just little things. But they, they occupied my evenings and weekends till I became full time doing my own thing and actually paying my, you know, doing it for a full time living was mm. about about eight years ago. 2009 is when I started Bring Your Own Laptop. And that's when something actually took and was able to provide me and my family with, yeah, a proper income. Well, that's great. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Um what are your core revenue streams at the moment? So there's two main streams and they're both around training. One is a sit down classroom idea where your traditional classroom, you know, where you book a course, come sit down, led by an instructor. So I have that going in New Zealand. I've got training centers in Australia and Ireland and they're yeah run by trainers. And yeah, it's kind of that traditional side. And then more recently, I've kind of started the other stream, which is the online video style. Um, yeah, like the Udemy you spoke about earlier on. Um, yeah. So those are the two kind of main factions of my income. That's great. So let's let's start um, in terms of how your journey started eight years ago when you decided to go full time. What were you doing just before that and what made you make the transition? 
I guess like everybody uh well like a lot of people you know that kind of e-myth mentality where you're like i'm doing it why aren't i'm doing all this work why why can't i get all the perks as well that was kind of me i was like i'm working for other people i know how it goes i'm delivering all this stuff why can't i do it myself and it kind of mm-hmm. tied in with a change of country i was living in the uk i was living in london at that stage for about four years it was time to have a change and it all kind of tied in with the same, you know, at the same time. It's like change countries, start my own thing. And that was kind of like the leap then. That's what kind of like started things. I figured, how hard could this be? And it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the first thing you did? How did you um, get started originally? I'm not like a traditional salesman. I like I like the kind of digital online world. I can build websites. So that was it. I started with building a website and building my kind of SEO presence. That was how I figured I could start. It was near enough zero cost. And I just kind of like, I guess, hung out my uh, fishing rod and kind of went, here's a website. And I pushed, I spent ages just trying to grind away at getting some rankings to get people to the right place. And that's that's how I got it started. You know, zero, I had zero money. So that was, it was kind of necessity as well. Right. And what were you offering on your website? So sit down classroom courses. So I would... I just publicized dates of courses that I thought would work in New Zealand. And yeah, I kind of set up a bit of a a hack together site with other systems and other people's third party bits to take the payments and just kind of cobbled it together. Kind of a bit of a minimum viable product just to see what I could do by myself uh, Mm. to get things going. And it was just, yeah, so that's what I did. Had some courses and yeah, and yeah, that's how I got started. That was that was the first thing I offered. Right. And were you working on the side or you were literally not having any full-time income at this point? Nah. So, I just changed country. I did a little bit of the build before where I was getting um, uh, paid by somebody else. So, in the evenings, yeah. I'd kind of build my site out, you know, um, do it on the weekends. And then when I got to New Zealand, though... Uh, uh, I didn't, you know, there was no income. I I took a loan from my granny. Um, mm-hmm. I needed I needed a, a little bit just to keep me going. I figured, regardless if it went horribly wrong, I could pay granny back her her money uh, by getting a job. But I just need something to, I guess, pay for food for for a couple of months to give this thing a go. And that's what I did. Yeah. And luckily, I told granny. I said. I'll have your money back to you by the end of the year. And luckily, I was able to repay it within the first month, which is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Good old granny. Very good. Very good. Well, that's great. Um, So, how did you acquire your very first customer? Walk us through that story. So, it's mainly search engine. Um, So, I just read everything I could, kind of just devoured everything I could about search engine optimization because I'm not a particularly good direct salesman. You know, uh, mm. I wanted my, I guess, my my website um, to do the selling for me. So I just spent ages just going through and working out everything I could do and just a ground away at that for a long, long time. I had some perks being in New Zealand. It's a, like, I, I'd be doing the same thing in the UK for other side businesses of mine. And it's super hard, like competitive. Uh, it's, it's tough in London, you know, mm. um, but New Zealand at the time was about eight years ago. It was not easy, but it, it's a lot easier than it is now. You know, not everyone was on board with kind of search engine stuff. And um, so, yeah, that's what I spent my time doing, just seeing if I could rank. And I did. And luckily, there were people looking for courses. And I guess the competition weren't hadn't moved to that digital space yet. There's still, there's still lots of them now that are still existing with a really poor online presence, and they still survive. Well, luckily, that's it's a nice thing that I've been able to do is to kind of, yeah, do really well with a zero budget, you know, is to, is to rank well. So what what did you learn um, that you could do with zero budget that is applicable today? Because, I mean, search engine optimization changes all the time. But what are those fundamentals that you did that you think somebody can still do today? Yeah. So content marketing is the kind of, I guess, the the term that represents what the best value for money somebody could do now is um, because it's just making content. For me, I make videos and that's Mm -hmm. the way I make my content. But at the beginning there, I made a lot of um, written blog posts and those types of things around what I was doing. The nice thing about that is that because it's my own, I didn't have to go out, you know, 
I'm writing stuff that I know that I'm confident about and that is really related to my topic and what I'm trying to sell. So it was, I guess, a, a very easy thing to start doing. And then then kind of working out the distribution is probably just as important. Content creation mm. is free and easy and really valuable at the moment, but then just trying to work out where your audience is. And that's something that is a trial and error for everybody. You read stuff online, you're like, this is what you need to do. And hmm. after a while, you figure out, like, okay, that doesn't work for me, you know, but this works for me, you know. And that's what I spent my time doing is trying everything, like a big shotgun approach. And now, after so many years, I know exactly where my channels are. Um, I experiment with other things, but um, yeah. How, how many videos did you produce before you launched your site? And how many were you producing on a daily or weekly basis to keep the content fresh? So site first, so I had somewhere to hold the stuff and I guess send people to. And then at the beginning, it was a lot of uh, writing blog posts, useful stuff for my industry. And then I just did like one or two videos just as a, I don't know, just as a test to see. And they kind of really quickly um, started doing really well on YouTube and a few yep. other things. And then I kind of narrowed it down to the the videos. So at the beginning, it was only like one a month. You know, it was pretty, pretty slow going. It took me a long time. I wish I could go back in time now and go, hey, focus on this. You know, do these things more. It would have, <laughs> it would have happened 10 times faster. But, you know, I was just making, I was just doing little bits, trying to run the business, trying to do it all. It was, you know, it's it was not knowing what to do was, mm. was tough. So I did a little bit of it all and then slowly but surely identified the bits that started working. And at the beginning, yeah, it was pretty slow. Like content was pretty slow getting on there. So your growth strategy at the beginning was obviously centered around how you distribute your free content. What, what channels were working back then that still work today? So in terms of my sit down classroom parts, you know, like yeah. they have very different strategies that kind of sit down classroom things need to be localized. So, you know, I mm -hmm. need to do stuff with other businesses that are in my locality. Like, uh, so I was kind of just, I guess, reaching out to blogs that already exist around what I did. I was reaching out to other companies that complemented mine to see whether they could, you know, whether I could do some free stuff for them. And that was probably the easiest way for that localized business. So if you've got something local, it needs to be, if you're going to focus on online search engine stuff, you need to be doing stuff in your neighborhood, not the US or, or anything else, because it just doesn't help your business. Gets traffic. Mm. Traffic is awesome. That was the other thing is I, at the beginning, I was doing it all chasing the traffic, you know, it's like awesome. A thousand visitors per month, yep. then 10,000. And then you realize 10,000 of people that don't want what you're selling or can't get to your courses isn't useful traffic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. And, and I, I do interview quite a number of people who, who've had success online, but I want to dig a little bit more because there's people out there listening who are following this podcast and who, who are looking to do something local, like you yeah. were doing something where it's a face-to-face. -face. Maybe they're interior designers or they're architects, or they wanted to go and become an, an accounting service provider. Yeah. So they have to go local. Um, and then I, was, I just remember interviewing um, Yaro Starak, who's um, an Aussie entrepreneur, online entrepreneur who you may know of, um, a, a blogger. And he was saying, you know, don't chase 10,000, 20,000 visitors on, on your website. Just try and find 1,000 committed followers. And if 100 of those are buying from you once a month for the rest of the year, that's yeah. a good income. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of the same thing you're saying. It's not just about the traffic. So I want you to just spend maybe a minute or two and just walk me through a little bit of the things that really worked for you that fundamentally will still work for a local business. Cool. There's the low-hanging fruit, which is real easy stuff that you can knock out uh, in a couple of days. And that is the – there's Google has local listings. Okay, so you fill that out, make sure that you're – you're really specific about what you do. You add your name to a map. They changed the name of, I think it's called Google Places at the moment or Google Business or Google Local. They, I feel like, change the name of that service every five seconds, but you'll figure it out. Like, And basically what it does, it gets you on a map. You know, when you search for Chinese takeaways in your area and that map pops up with all the, all the posts. So that's that part. So that is yep. like super easy, low-hanging fruit where... You know, you get to the top of searches because you're one of the few people who bothered doing that. Like, that's a real easy yeah, one. That's a nice one. Yeah. 
Um, and then from then it's all about kind of finding other, like if you've got a brand new site, um, you're going to get zero traffic. So what you want to try and do then is try and find other sites that are either in your local area or at least in your country that's mm-hmm. linked to you. And the easy ones for people that are, say you are in a professional kind of service, like you said, interior designers, there's bound to be some sort of, um, you know, interior design service that you can join up to, um, you know, uh, association of uh, interior designers or something you might already be part of, or um, you can often go to those sites and list yourself and your business and put a link to your site. And those sorts of things are the, the, the gold mines of, uh, localized traffic you know google mm. sees that that association you know is linking to you and it's in your country and it's all about you and it has articles all about the kinds of things you're trying to um work with so any sort of like professional listings that sort of stuff is pretty easy stuff to do as well and just sign up like it's i've signed up for stuff where you know i don't i've just signed up for it so i can be part of the association but the association doesn't really offer me anything other than adding them to my, uh, you know, to their listings of people that are as part of this. And that, that often is real good stuff for, for search engine stuff. Um, yeah. And then the rest of it is the hard stuff. So those are the easy stuff you can knock out. <laughs> and then the hard stuff is the relationship building with other businesses going to conferences and going to, if you know somebody that's in a, a similar sort of zone to you, going to their meetups and their things they organize and, and building relationships with them. Those are the ones where it takes, it takes a long time and there's no, there's no formula for it. It's, it's a lot of personal, you know, sometimes you get on with them and they're happy to help you out. And it doesn't have to be even a link to you. It's just, you know, it's just becoming part of them. They start referring you, you know, it might not be trackable. Like I got lots of stuff now that it's just good relationships over time that people mm. just send stuff, you know, they send clients to me because they know that I'm, I'm sound and, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing and, uh, you know, but that's, that's the kind of long-term stuff that kicks in after a year or two. That's hard to measure. The easy stuff is that visitors, you know, and that's what we chase. And that's the easy low, I guess the, the lower hanging fruit with Google local and some of the business associations. Yeah. I don't know. Does it help? Yeah, that's lovely. I think that's, that's amazing. Hopefully somebody, um, is getting some good stuff out of this. And, and by the way, to all our listeners, we're preparing for you a special PDF highlight reel that you can go that will summarize everything that Daniel is walking us through. And you can find that at businessgenerals.com forward slash Daniel S. That's businessgenerals.com forward slash Daniel S. So jump onto that link and grab your special download. Now, Daniel, back to that story. You mentioned before, I've heard you talk about your certification um, with Adobe and you had a training center that was certified. How can that help for somebody who's building local and what can they think about in that space? So for me, in terms of certification and certified training center, it's really helpful. It's to kind of hark back to the, like, I don't want to make this a, a session about search engine optimization, but as part of certification, you get, I get adobe.com, get the link to me. And that's, that's amazing kind of stuff to get. Google loves to see big companies linking to little websites. They kind of pass a lot of value that way. But in terms mm-hmm. of the actual clients, there's, it depends on your, uh, uh, you know, on who you're targeting. For me, I deal mainly with corporate clients for my online, uh, for my in-class training. It's, you know, it's a business that wants to send a staff member to get upgraded and right. they want to see that certification. They have no idea often what it means, but, you know, they, they trust that Adobe, uh, you know, that uh, somehow adds value to that. So um, they are, if there's a competitor and one of them certified and one of them's not often, um, you know, they'll, they'll say, we picked you as part of our kind of like post-class feedback. It's, we picked you because you're the only one on the certified training center list. And we are in New Zealand. We're the only certified training center. In Australia, we're one of like 10. A lot bigger market, a lot harder, but um, you want to, I guess, do as much as you can. And depending on what it is, some certifications more of a pain than it is costly. So often it just keeps like if you are keen and you're dedicated and you want to go through all the hoops to figure out how you get certified and how it all works, um, other people just 
No, I wouldn't say too lazy, but it's in the too hard basket, so they don't. And if you're keen enough, I was. I was desperate, <laughs> you know, any sort of advantage <laughs> I could get. And and the other thing is, for corporate clients, they have a lot of, for what I do, they'll, you have to become an approved, um, you know, you have to go through the HR department to get approved to be yeah. a, uh, what do you call it? Service uh, provider? Yeah, exactly. Like some sort of priority service provider that people in that company have to go and check first. They have to go in and say, well, who do we have on their book? that's allowed to use and part of being officially certified is one of those things for us like the HR department just won't pick the company that's not certified because it reflects badly on them yeah you know one of the um the largest telecommunications companies here in Australia is called Telstra and, and I'm, I'm not sure whether you're familiar with it but yep. I, I I was um I was dropping somebody off and there used to be an executive with Telstra and they mentioned to me say hey Davis you know you with your background with Deloitte and all of that when I was back at Telstra we would hire Deloitte or KPMG or PwC for all our corporate secretarial stuff, all our accounting and our auditing, because nobody would get fired as long as the, those guys signed off on it. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same yeah. thing. Because a lot of people booking are the people doing the course for me. You know, like that's one thing. Sometimes people get a bit caught up with their business of like, I did at the beginning. I didn't know. I just assumed people, the person that booking the course was be the person turning up to the to the class and it's not mm. that it's about 50 50 some sometimes you know, smaller businesses that is left to go book their own course but a lot of the time the person booking is the hr manager or their senior management and they want to look good and want something that they can blame oh they're certified i you know mm. don't know how uh, mm. it, i don't know how that went so badly they're officially certified <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think this is good, and this is probably not a tangent that I that I've gone um, into in in a lot of the you know over the last seventy five episodes that we've done. But I'm loving it because I always want to bring something fresh, something new, because our audience is diverse, and somebody out there has got maybe a training organiz- a training organization that they're trying to launch, yeah. or like we're saying, a B two B business that needs corporate clients that they need to work with, and this is this is really important because yeah, corporate organizations do have a sourcing process where you've got to be registered and once you're on that list then people can just start signing up you know chuck chuck it on to your yeah, accounts payable totally and and then everybody's happy nobody gets in trouble for yeah everyone ticked all the boxes fully certified fully official don't come don't come crying to me yeah so let's now move on to what you've done today. So you've moved into the online space. What happened in that transition and how has that been uh, a change for you? Doing the classroom stuff, it was successful enough that it got me out of work, but it's a it's a tough old business. Um, if you talk to any training course provider now, it's it, there was some golden years um, that I missed, um, but there was some there was some golden years for that sort of stuff. But um, everyone keeps saying like, why aren't you going online? Why aren't you doing online? It's and at the beginning, I'm like, because this works, you know, I'm doing what works, and it's what I knew. I was doing training for other people, and I know how to run that. And I, you know, so that's what I kept doing. Then it was time uh, to leave New Zealand, come back to Ireland, and I was like, okay, I've got two options. I can start bring a laptop island as a sit-down classroom or I can start it as an online one. And New Zealand and Australia were doing enough that, yes, I could hire a manager to take over those jobs that I was doing. It's got a bunch of trainers doing the training. You know, that's all handled and could pay for Mm -hmm. itself and provide me with enough money just to live on and a business to do its own thing and for me to kind of maybe focus on online. And, yeah, that's what I did. I kind of went, all right, get to Ireland give myself a deadline and some sort of vague targets and let's see if I can make this happen. And that's how I got started, I guess, in the online stuff. I just knew it had potential mm-hmm. and had a good break in my life that went, all right, now's, now's the time. What was the first thing you decided to do online? So, so the videos that I initially made were really good mm. for my content marketing for my sit down classroom, but they did really well on their own. So I kind of, they were getting good views on YouTube and people asked me questions. I was like, actually, like I've kind of already started this, you know, I've already, I've already kind of like tested the water with this, I guess. And mm-hmm. so what I wanted to do is I wanted a, like, I wanted a minimum viable product. I want to like, how can I see if this will work? And the, like um, the big question for me and my hypothesis was, can, will people pay for my courses? You know, is there, is there a market for me and my courses? So what I did was I had a course up on YouTube, it had maybe 30 videos and it was getting lots of views. And I thought, 
okay, as a test, and I feel a bit bad about doing this, but I, I kind of yanked half the videos, and at the end of the uh, 15th one, as a test, okay, I didn't want to, like, trap people or trick people, but I wanted to test this without having to spend, uh, you know, make a whole nother course. So I just kind of yanked half of it and said, if you want the rest of it, you can check it out on my on my channel. And that's it. I just built a really budget website for the online video and said, and, you know, send people there and had a little sign up box and yeah that's how i got started mm. just to test it and was this a low what was the price point was it 100 bucks or more than that i went i went for that was a big thing is deciding whether subscription or pay per course and um, right. i went down the subscription model i just i like the idea of it um recurring mm. revenue so i went for 12 dollars a month um you know, 12, yeah, 12 dollars a month uh, or 80 dollars a year and yeah that's what I started with, and yeah, and that's what it is now. I've tried other prices, still going? but yeah, so I've I've maybe tested lots of different prices, and weirdly, the one I magically picked seems to do the. Oh, I've I've maybe <laughs> tested prices lower, you know. Okay. But the higher price, like I tested four ninety five, seven ninety five, and twelve ninety five, and twelve ninety five won by far, you know. Oh, weirdly, you tried higher. You know? That's the next thing I need to do. I need to go the okay. other way. So I need to go higher and see see where the value kind of starts and finishes. Right. So so you had 30 videos up on YouTube sort yeah. of in, in, in a series of a course. And That's this it. is like, what, 10, 10 minutes each video? Yeah, about that. And then you decided pull pull half of them, put them yeah. onto your own private website, yeah. and then send the traffic there. Great. Yeah. I love it. Love it. I've since put and that back free because I, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel obligated that my intent <laughs> was to give it away free. And there wasn't like all my other videos that are give away free. I have at the beginning that this is a free snippet of my course. But that one was totally like leading them down a path to a halfway finished project <laughs> and then making them pay. So I put that back free. <laughs> but it was a good test. It was an easy test. I love it. I love it. So you actually did a test. And why did you want to do the test? What was the, your mindset around this? I guess I, I've started little side businesses so many times and just kind of put head down and not shown the world my finished product until mm. like six months later to have it fail. Like yep. I wanted this to fail early so I could get back to starting a regular, the thing I knew, which is the sit down classroom. I wanted to go, will this work? And do I bother doing any more? You know, because I guess the to make a full blown website that does everything that it currently does, it's been a lot of work. It's been two years, a lot of money you know, to get it how I want. So at the beginning I said, let's just make this thing that barely works with content that I already have to say yes, to say yes or no, you know, rather than getting six months down the track and figuring that out with something that I've paid lots for or spent a lot of time making to go, ah, it doesn't work. So you, you literally wanted to make sure you, you didn't spend all your time trying to polish this thing that nobody wants. Exactly. Um, exactly right. Fail early. That's a very, yeah. Fail early, fail quickly and start again yeah. and hopefully you got some cash to to use yep. to, to build your better better you can justify sure. it. you can go okay i've got one course that you know or one client and it took me this time and you know okay i can invest a bit of money because you know and then you just slowly scale up from there well I, it depends on what you know i'm living in the self-funded no venture capital don't have a lot of money yeah got a family to support type of funding so it needed to bootstrap its way up Pay yeah. for itself. Very good. Now, yeah. I want to jump a little bit and, and get you to just share some of the numbers of your reach, what your, what your business is doing today, yeah. and then we'll, we'll go back into how you, you stepped all the way to where you are today. Cool. So, in terms of uh, the sit-down classroom stuff, that one there is a great little business, self-funding, looked after by amazing people. I don't have to do anything with that and pays me a small a small bit of income every year, not enough to live on. But, yeah. you know, that... I, uh, you know that's great that it's doing its own thing and, and it's a kind of a, an extra to my um, to my income now. And in terms of my, um, you know, the cool thing about that is it looks impressive. Like it's got a huge high turnover, but right. what's left after all all the expenses is not the sexy picture. You know, that's the it's leaving. You know, it's me leaving a few. You know, uh, maybe maybe a thirty or forty grand on the table, which is which is not bad. But it's eight yeah. years, you know, it's it's eight years of work for, for you know, <laughs> for a bit of income. But Well, uh, just, just on that, um, and I'm sorry to stop you, but yeah? if you were just working a normal 
nine to five for eight years prior to that or however many yeah. years it took you to build it to that, you would have yeah. walked away and you would have been paid maybe 10, 15 grand for severance, if that, yeah. and then yeah. that, was, that would be it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's, that's another way to look at it. You're right. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that it's fueled this other online stuff, which is doing, uh, you know, a lot better. And if I decided to get back into the online, tra- uh, the sit down training, I could take away the role and you know, I could get back into my role and I wouldn't need as many people, you know, so exactly. I could bump my income back up. But I like that it, it's, you know, it's got passionate people running it and mm. delivering amazing courses that I don't daily have to work on. It's good. Um, in terms of the online stuff, so I started that November 2015, so it's nearly two years ago now, and it's a six-figure income now, which wow. is, I can't believe, That's like, good. yeah. <laughs> and um, and in saying that, like, it's it's only that now, um, or I guess this year, the first, I guess, I'm talking to other people who, who are looking to go down the same route, and they're like, oh, I want to do it, and they get started, and they get a bit disappointed, and I showed them my first five months of income. Like it was a hundred dollars a month I was earning you know, <laughs> for my full-time income. And I'm like, thank God I've got my other business, you know? So, uh, you know, I just couldn't have done it otherwise. So I was, I hit, I was hit down six months. I was like, if this is not working six months, I'll go do something else. But in six okay. months, it started picking up, started picking up. And now, you know, now it's in the, you know, kind of 10 grand a month plus kind of category. Uh, and wow. because it has pretty much zero overheads, it's a really cool thing and it's exponentially growing at the moment, but I guess that's always exciting. Everything looks exponential when you've started at zero, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go from $2 to $4 is, is it's pretty exponential. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I think I'm in that phase. I, I imagine it'll peter out, but I'm grinding away now hoping that it doesn't, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll, I'm, I'm sure it can't keep going this, the same sort of way it's going now. Well, I appreciate you sharing that and being so transparent. Yeah. I, I, generally ask that because you could generate i'm sure in your in your role as an as an instructor as an expert in in adobe you could generate a six-figure income working in a in a standard role for for a large corporate or running you know a couple of freelance i could almost get there probably my direct role probably wouldn't do that but yeah it's it's not yeah exactly i'm probably earning more now than i could as a professional having to go to the day you know going to work every day right and that's also a good comparison because sometimes people are afraid to say, I may not actually, I'll starve. And, yeah. you know, for those first six, first six months, they're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. For six months, luckily I had other income. Um, yeah. But that's great. So what happened? What changed? Uh, what were you doing in those first six months? If we go back to your story. So you've launched the first 15, you've got the website, the membership yeah. site, $12.95. You've tested some so, price points. What's happening? I think uh, productivity for me has gone exponentially better. So I started with just me making courses, me editing courses, me putting them out, distributing them, trying to get some social traffic, all that sort of stuff. And as I've found wins and found things that are working, I've hired um, a couple of people to help me um, fulfill lots of those jobs so I can get back to the thing that I only I can do. Well, only that I'm doing at the moment is the actual course production and uh, making of the course everything else mm-hmm. though i've outsourced so i've gone from like making a course every two months to making two courses a month um we're at 15 okay. now but i've got a punch in the pipe and it's it's a cool little system i got now where i've got a couple of amazing i got an amazing editor and i got uh, an amazing girl that helps me with the social kind of distribution of all the courses so i can just make it and then go off to the next thing i'm making rather than having to do all the other things that other people are better at and that I've tested already and made sure like some clear systems for those people to follow. So that's, I guess, my biggest change. And that's what's allowed me to kind of get so much content going. Right. So it's the, it's the amount of content that you're putting out that's made yep. the, the shift or? Is yeah, I think so. So I'm making yep. a couple hundred bucks a month off every course. So, you know, mm. when you've only got one course, you're still only making $200. Even mm. though your course is doing a bit better, it might, you know, might be up to $300 a month. But it's the, I know, the compounding factor. And the other thing is as well is the more you make, the more audience you have. And if you, if I look at all my stats now, I'll look at somebody like it's very often I'll look at my list of people who are buying my courses and let's say on Udemy where they buy them per course, I'll see the same person buying 10 of my courses. So, you know, so that's, you know, 
it, it adds an actual kind of like multiplier when somebody goes, oh, I like that guy. And you've got more than one course to, to sell. So yeah. that one person goes from one sale, like it was two years ago, to now 10 or 15. And because of the field you're in, as soon as that person becomes good at what they're doing and their mates or their friends are saying, hey, how did you get so good at, at this? They're like, oh, no, it's you to me. Go and, go and check out this course or maybe they'll pass on your course for free. I don't know. That's, but that's the kind of stuff you. that feels to be happening maybe in the last few months where I've started doing some stuff with Adobe because they've found my courses and I get to help them directly now with some videos, which is just stuff that's just because other people have seen, you know, somebody from Adobe would have watched my tutorial and went, all right, we need a we need a person to do that, and he seems okay. So talk to me about that. So um, yeah, somebody reached out from Adobe and said, "Hey, there's Adobe have their own help stuff on their website and within the app, um, within the different bits of software." And they said, "Hey, you want to you know make this one little video for this new feature that's coming out?" And I was like, "Yeah, awesome!" So I made that, and since then I've been making lots of different ones for different products where they're they're like, yeah can you do this one as well? I was like, yeah, I can. So it kind of, uh, they found me through, I think YouTube. And okay. uh, since then, other people see other things in Adobe, not my YouTube stuff. So it kind of, you know, spawns other, other product managers are like, oh, okay, we like him. Yeah, we'll, so we'll get him to do him as well. And Right. And what's the, what's the arrangement with Adobe? Are they paying you or just free advertising for you? No, so they pay me for a course. They've got a really specific um, system already set up. So they pay you per right. video to make. And yeah, mm -hmm. you yeah work with them to kind of outline a brief and then make a video for them. And they stick it up on their site. They just, yeah, pay you for it. So Udemy, you've got over 16,000 students, over yeah. 16,000 students over 20 months. That's huge. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really know how to, to how to compare it, but I like, you know, I think it's amazing. Well, it's like a whole stadium, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I, yeah, 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 yeah. If we could invite everybody to the uh, to a stadium, that would that would be better. I'd like to see them more. It's, yeah, no, <laughs> congratulations, and um, thank you. And look, seeing that you you know you, you were just testing it out and it started to to work. So in between sort of month number six and month number twenty, yeah. where where are you generating the the bulk of your traffic? Do you think so? The online stuff has three main parts, Udemy, Skillshare, and my own site. And they all are about equal in terms of the income they make. They're just very different people and they like different pits of my software. Like my online bringerandlaptop.com has, uh, like it has all my courses, but the people there that are engaging with the videos and asking comments and the people that are kind of landing on the page are all looking to do web design. Whereas mm -hmm. say Skillshare, it's, it's very different in terms of, it's all about UI design and what a UX designer is. And so that's their kind of market. And Udemy has this kind of different kind of you know the different courses do well on there and it's it's a little hard to pinpoint there but um uh you know my motion graphics stuff does really well there as as a you know so it's it's funny no there's very few of the courses that do equally well across the board like you know mm. the web design's making the money you know but makes zero or makes loads of money on my site but makes no money on udemy but if you aggregate them all they're all earning about the same I actually didn't ask you this, but what, what are the main things that you're teaching? Well, creative IT is the kind of like digital designing. It's a, uh, I guess I, I trained as a graphic designer, moved into web. And now there's this kind of murky area of digital design media where if you're, uh, if you're in the creative industry, you're expected to know everything, you know, how to make digital banner ads for websites, websites themselves, uh, app design, logo design, videos for YouTube. So I, I love that all of that stuff. So I kind of, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades in terms of that. I love, you know, I love doing it for my business, which is the best bit is that my business is based on what I like to do for my business, you know? So it's kind of a win-win. I make loads of my own videos and I teach courses on how to make videos, which is a really weird class to teach, teaching videos <laughs> on how to, yeah, make videos. And if you were to weigh up all the things that you're doing, there's course, course creation or content creation, and then you've got the production, the post-production process, yeah. and then which is about the quality and stuff like that and yeah. the professional look. And then you've got the distribution at the end and then obviously maybe the admin piece. Which one of those um, are the most important bits? It's probably 
content creation, like nothing can happen without that. So it's kind of like the linchpin, but probably the most important is distribution is figuring out where where your peeps are and you know what they want because i'm making i'm still in the phase of making lots of different kinds of varieties of courses because every time i think ah that's what people want you know that's doing really well and i do something else and i'm like man that's doing twice as good as that last thing thank god i didn't stop there you know so (laughs) i'm still at that phase where i'm making all sorts of things things that i think would be useful and not stopping and focusing yet. So distribution, you know, that feels like mm-hmm. the most important thing. Like there are better designers than me that don't have the distribution or better trainers than me that don't, yeah, don't kind of, um, yeah, have the, I don't know, the eyes. So you know, I think it's, right. it's all about getting to your people and, and um, showing them what you got. And what are the main things you make sure that you do to, you know, cover off on the distribution for you? So I've got a bit of a checklist that I've kind of honing though. So what at the beginning, it's kind of like a shotgun, like, oh, stick it here, stick it here. Got no time. I'll put it around here. And mm. it, it takes a lot of energy, especially when you're like into your third course and you're like, what did I do again? What was working? So you start kind of keeping lists of, of what works. And now I know for my three kind of, there's kind of four channels of um, distribution. Udemy uh, has its own kind of um, way of making sure people know what you've got, but that's pretty easy. Same with Skillshare. They've kind of got their own little ecosystem and they help you. But for my own stuff, it's getting it up to YouTube is because I've got video content. It's the, it's, it's likely, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good place for me. And what mm-hmm. I've probably learned in terms of our YouTube distribution is kind of, kind of video SEO or search engine, you know, video optimization is super important. Like I got um, the guy who handles that or two guys, Taylor and Jason, like they were kind of trialing some stuff with me. And like, it was, it was amazing the difference of existing videos that were just sitting trickling along when I put a bit of effort into like making sure they had what they needed to do well on the YouTube, you know, the, that YouTube. sort of, yeah. So YouTube for me is the biggest driver of my own website traffic Regular search engine stuff works okay, but that was more for my sit-down classroom. Videos are, I guess, you can see the growth in video. It's it's huge. Everyone YouTubes it, you know? So it's uh, even if you've got a localized business or any sort of thing, if it's going to YouTube, if you just stick it up and leave it, you can assume that it doesn't do well on YouTube. And that's what I did for a lot of my stuff. It wasn't until I put the time and effort into, um, you know, that sort of, making sure it's doing as well as it can on YouTube. It's not hard either. Like it's like there's, there's YouTube what, what videos on how to do well. So some of the easy ones are the title, making sure the description has something in it. Okay. And it's related yep. to the video. And then there's tags that you can add. Um, and it, they're just like, they're just tags to, um, that YouTube uses to kind of identify what you're up to. So when people are searching for you, people just don't put those on, you know, you upload a video, add a title, hope for the best. What you should be doing is uploading a video, doing some research in terms of what you should call your video and making sure it's got some usable search terms within the heading. Make sure there's something in the description that's unique and then making sure there's good tags. And it's just a function in YouTube that says add tags. And then you try and guess what you, you know, what you should be adding to it. And do you put a call to action in the audio and video or just... I do, I do. So I have my... So I distribute my videos via social media in general, but I have specific stuff for YouTube because it's such a good, um, you know, such good traffic for me. So I have generic mm. stuff that goes up and says, hey, you know, this is that go check out bringyourlaptop.com. But then on YouTube, I spend a bit more time. I have an extra intro and outro just to say, you know, hey, like and subscribe, but also check out this playlist. And if you like more you know, go check out this, but there's some free stuff. And I talk to YouTube a bit more specifically um, in the actual stuff. I always make sure though, I talk to the description so you can change it. And the, in the earlier things I kind of hard coded, like look at this link on the screen and I burned it in there. And now that link doesn't work. <laughs> no, so I always kind of reference the description yeah, for yeah, kind of links or call to actions. I was watching somebody and they were pointing, you know, over here and over there. And I think YouTube has taken those pointy things. <laughs> That's away. exactly so, what's happened to there. me. I'm like, up here and I'm pretending to hold this thing that now doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah. Hey, um, was there a point over the last maybe 12 months, 18 months where you felt you had a bit of a breakthrough moment in the business or 
has that just gradually happened? Uh, I think the YouTube um, understanding that there's more to just putting stuff online in video. You know, I always realized that for like actual on-page stuff, but in terms of sticking stuff up to YouTube, there is, you know, if you're going to spend the time and money making or effort making a video, then you should spend like equal amount getting it ranking well because yeah yeah like those if that's where you've hoped to get people then you know at least just making sure it, it can do as well. it might still do really badly but you know uh, at least you need to give it its um best send off you can and that's really helped me in terms of my traffic to my site and like if you look at my conversions on my site it's crazy amount of youtube like about half of my mm-hmm. conversions are from youtube and i bet you a chunk are more are but aren't um tracked you know, it's hard to track yeah. everything. So I think for me, if you're getting into the anything to do with video, you know, or you want to use YouTube as a, as a method, it's a, yeah, to make sure you put a bit of effort into it. Like that's been a bit of a change. The other thing that probably that really helped for me is, is it's hard to know how much to give away free and how much to like keep yeah. as part of a payment, you know, like the people make eBooks and like, how much do you give away free and how much do you keep at the beginning? I gave away so much. I gave away everything. And probably about a month ago, I was like, okay, this is cool. And I'm getting loads of traffic and people are coming, but they, they kind of, they're doing all the free stuff. And a lot of it is like, once you've got through, I was giving away like half of my courses. So I was giving away, if it's 50 videos, I'm giving away 25 of them. Mainly the beginning just to generate traffic. But I kind of mm-hmm. got to a point where I was like, I wonder if I could try now to back that away where I'm not giving away so much. And now I'm just giving away the first few videos just to give them a sense of my personality and you know how I train, but without giving away too much of the detail. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but you get scared about these things. You're like, oh, yeah. somebody's going to know that I'm trying to, do something, you know, or say with the pricing changes, that's always scary. Like, what if they find out? But they never do. And they don't, like, if they don't find, you know, if you if they don't want to do it, they, they don't have to. It's it's, a, it's not fair. Yeah. So I guess that was a big light switch moment. And I'm hoping to find more of those. But um, that was a nice little discovery the other day. Is like, actually, I don't have to go away of everything. You know, I can give away just the first parts. And if they want mm. to carry on, they can. And it's worked out nicely. That's good, and I'm, I'm I'm sure you're gonna find heaps more, um, you know, room to to grow and to to challenge yourself and get that business even better. Um, we're kind of running out of time, but I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. What are the best two books that you have read that have helped you along your journey as an entrepreneur? And um, my my favorite one, probably, I was going through all my books there, and I was like, the ones that I kind of really took loads of notes from were like the Lean Startup. Um, Mm-hmm. Eric Ries yeah. is uh, it's just a really good one like it's it's all about maybe tech startup stuff but it can be applied to anything you just switch out when they're talking about high tech Silicon Valley for your bakery on the on the, on the corner shop you know it's a uh, you can mm. use the same principles I found that really awesome and the other one so that's kind of real businessy but I found um, I really like Ryan Holiday as both a blogger and an author but there's something called The Obstacle is the Way and it's one I read a long time ago it's one of the few books that I've actually reread because it's it's just about things are hard, you know, and how to make those obstacles that those obstacles are there for a reason. You know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool book. It's, it helps you kind of sometimes just like, man, it, why is it so hard? And you know, that book helps me kind of get things in perspective, you know, things are hard because they're worth it. Kind of. Mm. <laughs> That's, those are my two picks anyway. Um, and one thing is, um, I think you need to make sure that you're reading, I go a bit of fiction. If chins could kill, I just want to squeeze that in there. It's the guy that uh, is the actor from Evil Dead. Read that. It's hilarious and it's not business related, but I think I need to read one business book for one fun biography or fiction book. Otherwise, I get, I don't know, I get stuck in my head of business too much and it's, it gets a bit of a whirlwind in there. <laughs> need some fun. Need some fun. Somebody else said to me, Davis, I don't actually read much business books. I just listen to podcasts and stuff. Gotcha. I think it was actually Phil Ebner who said this to me. He oh, said, yeah. Um, yeah. I just listen to podcasts. I don't read much. I, if I'm reading, I'm going to be reading fiction. Yeah. Um, just no, I read, I read hundreds of business books. Like, yeah, I read loads of them. Nice. Nice, nice. Okay. What is the best way, Daniel, for people to connect with you? Uh, for me, probably my website. Um, there's easy ways to chat to me without signing up. Uh, bringyourownlaptop.com. Or if you're a Twitter person, uh, Dan Loves Adobe is me. Bringyourownlaptop.com. That's me. Uh, that's you. And 
Dan, Dan, Dan loves Adobe. Adobe. Fantastic. Hey, thank you so much. Um, I've really appreciated your you sharing uh, all all your wisdom here, especially around just that that little snippet we did at the beginning of setting up a local business and becoming a local influencer and finding your niche and just you know doing all those sort of old old school type strategies yeah. that still work today that somebody can use to get started and then all the good online stuff that you're doing with YouTube and I think somebody has been taking notes and uh, if you haven't taken notes and you're listening in remember to just go and grab your free PDF highlight reel at thebusinessjournals.com forward slash Daniel S so Daniel my last question for you do you think about legacy when all is said and done and if you do what legacy do you want to leave and be remembered for and tell us why like for me, I love to share. Like, I guess that's why I love teaching so much is that I'm a share. And I'd like that, to, I guess, to be known for that. I don't have to be dead, but I'd like to, you know, I don't want it to be a grand <laughs> thing that gets completed when I'm gone. But I'd like people to know now that, you know, he, yeah, he likes to share what he knows. And yeah, that's true. If you are, if you've got any questions, you know, drop me a message either from that website or via Twitter regarding anything you might be starting videos or want me to clarify anything in this like i i'm a sharer i want to be i want to help thank you so much well ladies and gentlemen you heard it from the man himself mr daniel walter scott if you love this information reach out to him at bringyourownlaptop.com and if you've got a question about starting your own youtube channel finding new traffic to your site to your to your new gig want to validate something that you're doing reach out to daniel Thank you so much for hanging out with me and Daniel. I hope you've you know, managed to raise your hopes that you are good enough to chase your dreams. If you enjoyed that episode, leave us a review on iTunes and we'll be sure to shout you out um, on a future episode. Head on over to businessgenerals.com forward slash Daniel S and grab your special PDF highlight reel of everything we have talked about here today to connect with Daniel. Again, bring your own laptop.com. Daniel, thank you so much for being on the Thanks, Business Show podcast today. Yeah, uh, I love for you sharing your man. story with us. Amazing. Thank you so much. Cool, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. A message from our sponsors, instantvoicemails.com. Today in business, first impressions are so important. When people call you or your business, the first voice that they hear can make them form an opinion about you immediately. And instant voicemails can help with that. They provide professional, outgoing voicemail greetings in an instant. So simply go to instantvoicemails.com. That's instantvoicemails.com. And pick the message that suits you and your business and download it instantly. You can have a new professional outgoing message in just minutes. And for the listeners of the Business Generals podcast, you can get an additional 15% off your order by using the promo code GENERALS, G-E-N-E-R-A-L-S, GENERALS. Order now at instantvoicemails.com. That's instantvoicemails.com. Thanks, guys.